You're listening to The Reengineered You. This is a podcast about self-empowerment and all the myths, lies, and misconceptions we tell ourselves. Then we use science and history to bust those myths and re-engineer a better you. I'm your host, Todd Laments, The Extrovert. And I'm the writer, researcher, and introvert, Joe Anthony, whose job it is to dig through the outer layer of Noda on the internet. So today is kind of a special episode. Um, we got a suggestion by my girlfriend that we should look into misconceptions because we start every episode with, you know, we we bust myths about self-improvement, self-awareness, and just general life and what can help us. And there is actually a list online of common misconceptions and they span subjects between uh, sports, food, history, human health, everything. This is a lot different, too, because we're busting so many myths. We usually stick to two or three, and they're a little bit more, I'd say, what you say, academic, or what do you say, Joe? Yeah, usually each myth is is tailored to the narrative we're giving. So, like, they will be three big myths about one subject. But today, we're, um, instead of, you know, uh, having apples with our meal, this is just applesauce. Like, we are just going to go through and mash up these myths and just uh, have fun with it, basically. And what's funny about these is a lot of these are things that I swear I'd, I'd bet my life on before I started the research for the show that these things were true. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've taught them to younger people <laughs> as the elder of my tribe. I've literally quoted some of these, and it, it is painful to look at how many that I have. Uh, I, As a researcher, I pride myself on being able to tell people good information that is interesting so many of these convince me that I'm horrible at my job and I need to stop immediately. So <laughs> we're going to we're going to reeducate ourselves uh, today, hopefully, with with a bunch of these. And we're going to be counting down a top 10. Uh, Todd picked out his top 10 favorite misconceptions and I picked out mine, too. And we're going to put the whole list up on our notes. And it is if you want to kill an evening and just feel very, very dumb, but also enlighten yourself at the same time. Go through this list. It's a lot of fun. It was tough making a top 10, Joe. There were so many interesting things, (laughs) but I think I figured it out. I tried to aim them at ones I didn't think that you would care about, but that's not really very hard. Our brains are so opposite anyway, so (laughs) let's see if we actually landed on the same one. I bet I bet maybe one out of ten. What do you bet? I'm going to say three. I'll, I'll, I'll go high, even though there are so many. Uh, I'll defy statistics and say that we're going to land on about three of these. Well, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go with number one. Okay. This is my tenth myth, not my number one myth. So this is my tenth myth that I didn't know. Number ten. And what it states is legal tender laws in the United States don't require that a business, an organization, a person must accept cash for payment. It just has to be some kind of valid payment to the... Uh, to the creditor now what that means to me is you should be able to go into the mall and work to pay for that shirt you want to buy you don't have to give them a credit card or cash and i didn't know that like back in the olden days right joe okay so they they'll accept i mean they can accept any form of payment is that why the the old i guess fable or or exchange rate of if you can't pay for the meal, they'll have you washing dishes. That is a legit currency they can request of you. <laughs> According to the law, yes. 
that's a pretty good one. Like, yeah, it it, it kind of shines some light on you know what you're allowed to give as payment or you know what they can. I want that to to be enacted. I want someone to read this list and be a bar owner, and next time somebody comes in, just be like. That'll be, you know, that'll be 19 bottle caps, please. And it's, yeah, instead of money. <laughs> I was thinking you trade your groceries in or something. Right. You know? Your firstborn, I was even thinking. I mean, where does this stop? Right. <laughs> I can eat here for free, but I'm going to give you my kid to work here forever. You know? Right. Um, I'm going to go with the, the first one I want to talk about is my number 10 is a physics uh, misconception. The idea that black holes... Um, have a a negative mass or that they suck things in a black hole can pull a substantial amount of uh matter around it but it's it's already doing that so so to to dumb this down for myself really um black holes and objects can have the same mass it's not like a vacuum in space like nobody put a hoover out in space and that's a black hole it is actually just here's a bunch of mass and it's going to have the same gravity as everything. In fact, the black holes are at the center of most galaxies. Like like our galaxy in the last couple of years, we, we put a telescope's eye on the center of our galaxy and we caught a very brief glimpse of, oh, there's the giant black hole that makes us spin around like a drain. So that for me is the, like, it, it's number 10, but it's also number one as far as, you know, galactic mysteries to me. So that was that was my starter. Is I wanted to go with the densest first. You went awfully geeky, awfully nerdy, awfully fast, even for you, Joe. I want to remind Jeez everybody Louise. who they're listening to, <laughs> <laughs> just to show how uh, polar opposite we are. My number nine, and his is of course about NASA and the black holes and you know the galaxy. <laughs> mine is about mine is about the junk food Twinkies. <laughs> I saw this one. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you picked it. <laughs> Okay, now there's been a, a misconception and, and a rumor spread that, that I have heard and I believe, and who's ever heard this, at the end of the world, um, the apocalypse, whatever you call it, there are going to be cockroaches and Twinkies are the only things that are going to survive. Right. Because they have so much preservatives, so much additives. It's not food. It's certainly not healthy food, and that they can remain for decades. But in actuality, they have a shelf life of about 45 days. <laughs> so Twinkies are not going to last forever. Twinkies are food. Now there is irony there because nobody suspects the cheeseburger from McDonald's to have an incredible shelf life. But if you set a cheeseburger in a jar and a Twinkie in a jar side by side, the cheeseburger will be there. It will. There's there's video evidence. Uh, um, people have done this. The cheeseburger will be completely the same, unchanged after several years. The Twinkie will be dead after forty-five days, apparently. So, <laughs> well, I always think of. I used to always buy those snack packs that they have at Starbucks, right? And my buddy was like, "How can they cut open those apples and for days and weeks have them sitting in a package and then they don't turn brown? What kind of toxic shit do they spray on those things? <laughs> they turn it into like a wax museum, so it'll last, <laughs> right?" Are sure you guys weren't just eating their display models? They're just like wax. Um, my number nine, I'm going to go with junk food too. Um, this is one where I saw the myth on our list and I actually have put this in our doc to do as an episode. So th anyone listening to this, they're going to hear the episode about this later. Um, Hydrox, the, the, do, are you, have you seen the knockoff of Oreo, the Hydrox cookie? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the dollar store. Yeah. So that came out in like 1908. But the the myth is that they are a knockoff of Oreo. 1908? Those have been around that long? Exactly. The generic? Yep. The the generic predates the Oreo by at least four years. And it outsold Oreo for decades. But the problem is like... No shit. Yeah. Um, the... the the, the companies that were putting out like detergents and things like that, they made them sound like the Hydrox cookie. Hydrox sound like a detergent. It says so on the, the list. Yeah, it sounds terrible. It doesn't sound like you want to eat. It sounds like something you shouldn't get in your eyes. Right. So purely by naming, Oreo started out selling Hydrox because Hydrox sounded horrible. And the part we're going to do an episode about, and this is a bonus fact, is um, they were brothers. Uh, um, this according to my roommate, who is also sort of like a researcher. But he he was like, yeah, they, they were related, and they were trolling each other. This was all just like a inside competition. <laughs> so we are definitely doing an episode about this, the, this drama that was happening behind the scenes of these two cookie brands. But yeah, Hydrox is older and the original Oreo. Interesting. Well, my my next one, we're staying on the food one here just for a little bit longer, is spinach has been known to be high in iron and calcium, right? It's a known thing. Right, that's what gives... Raw spinach is the best, right? That's what gives us Popeye's powers. That's right, it's Popeye's powers. And um, the problem with it is raw spinach is supposed to be better for you. I, As a lifelong workouter, I've always thought that, that you, you, you spinach salads and stuff, and when you cook it, it cooks, out, it cooks out a lot of the nutrients, the calcium and iron. It turns out that calcium or um, raw spinach contains high levels of oxalates, and that actually blocks the absorptions of um, iron and calcium. So when it's in your body, it doesn't help you get more of that. It does the exact opposite effect. Okay, so cooked spinach is the way to go then, is what you're telling me. Exactly. because So the raw spinach, so you cook the spinach, has a lot lower levels of oxalates, and it's actually better for the digestive. Okay, well that... So it's so it's exact opposite. So it wasn't, <laughs> that's how I've been eating is raw, so you got to cook it. That makes me a little bit frustrated. I mean, partly because what a pervasive uh, misconception, and also... Isn't everything better when you cook it? Like as long as you're not leaching the nutrients, the the general rule for humans is you cook something that unlocks more calories and more nutrients, right? Absolutely. Uh, that it still doesn't improve the taste for me. By the way, it's spinach is still going to taste like um, <laughs> slimy pennies to me, but I'm still going to eat it. So, uh. okay. Well, my um, I believe we're on number eight. Mine is a three parter, sort of. It's just the Middle Ages, period. Um, on this list, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of call back to some of my knowledge from reading cracked articles. Um, the idea is that the Middle Ages was the dark period, the dark age. It was ignorance, barbarism, superstition. You know, the, the church had control over everything. Um, but the the whole phrase "dark ages," the term itself, has been rejected by historians, according to this list. And honestly, it should because. They did take baths. Um, they they <laughs> the the big misconception is everyone died in their 30s and 40s. That was not true. It's just that infant mortality rate was so high. Basically, um, having a baby live past the first year was so difficult to do. It skewed the averages all down. So like you take the average age of the Middle Ages, it is 30 or 40, but infant mortality rate factor that in, and it's going to make it seem like everyone's dying young. When honestly. 
you make it out of your teenage years, you're probably going to make it to, you know, same as us, like 60s, 70s. Um, and they didn't think the world was flat. That's another dumb one. Uh, you know, the medieval scholars put out that myth or the myth was created by the Protestants to argue against the Catholics. So no one in their right scientific mind thought it was a flat earth. We only do that in today's uh, society. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a well-known thing, though. That's been advertised as everyone thought that. And then it was amazing when they found out it wasn't, right? Right, yeah. Like people thought Christopher Columbus's whole voyage was based around a, a flat earth. Yeah. And it's just totally not true. Just everyone knew it was spherical. Everyone widely accepted it. Um, sometimes maps were drawn in weird ways just because they had limitations on paper and vector and like what they could use for tools. But honestly, they knew. And it was just sort of like a dumb argument invented for one church to argue with the other, basically. So that's, that's, that's my big number eight. And that was a long one. I apologize for that. But that was, that was one that stuck out to me. Well, I'm going to put two in there because you just did that. I'm going to get back at you. Okay. I need more radio time than you do. Okay. <laughs> You're the researcher. I'm the voiceover actor. Okay. We, we need to get your, we need to promote your, your, the sound. <laughs> we, this, <got> rolls. <laughs> we need to promote the dulcet tones oh, this of one. Uh, Todd. Um, another one. Okay. This is another one here. This is one. Microwaves um, don't cook food from the inside out. Microwaves don't cause cancer and they don't reduce the nutritional value of food they actually preserve it better than conventional baking really didn't you always think that that they're just you don't stand close to the refrigerator uh, the microwave you're gonna go sterile that's what we used to say back when they came out <laughs> get away from it i've been wearing a lead cup then, every time i use the microwave for no reason <laughs> uh, and a quick one to pop in there is um sign languages are not the same worldwide Okay. Each country has its own language, and there's somewhere. So this is a broad range. It's from between 138 and 100 and 300 different sign language, and that shocked me. I know, I've I've actually studied American sign language, so I knew, but I kind of thought there was one for each continent. I didn't think that there was 300 different languages. So you're a deaf person in Uganda. You run into somebody, you can't communicate with them. It's like whoa. That is so weird. I mean, like I I was thinking the same as you that maybe there's like it's it's separated by country but why would they have multiples in one country is it just like standard language deviation like like would it be <laughs> would it would parts of ireland have like they have a gaelic inflection in their sign language like they're signing with a, a, a an accent a broke slanger yeah. it's looser it's tighter you know the germans is real tight and per precise and <laughs> the americans is kind of sloppy you know right <laughs> makes sense right the german words are all very long like their hands are so busy for like a minute and it's one word <laughs> well, i've got a, another deep nerdy one for you um this one i did not know and I should have because it hits on two or three of my favorite uh, corners of nerd culture. Um, I have literally told people that George Romero's Night of the Dead invented zombies uh, as a um, as a monster, as a trope. Um, but that's not true. And I'm going to put in some extra nerd facts here. Uh, instead, in the, the movie, they were referred to as ghouls. And what they were doing is like... Um, the, the films later on adopted zombie from Haitian mythology. 
and what that means from this wiki and, and like I'll I'll expand on that myself just from my understanding. There's like a have you ever heard of that pufferfish poison? There was in a, a movie Serpent the Rainbow where like they give you pufferfish and it like it damages your brain in such a way to where like you become a zombie, you become like somebody's servant. You can take basic commands yeah, like absolutely. a dog, but you you can't do anything. Yeah. Um it just it disables you, yeah. Yeah, and and the it, it used to be supposedly in their mythology that the person doing this, like, it would give them a lot of street cred. Like, they would be looked at as a shaman, basically, because they could zombify somebody. Um, I thought and have told people that George Romero's Night of the Living Dead and all the zombie movies we have came from that mythology. It's not true. So you've been... I've been lying to people. spread this by none. Yeah. You didn't know, though. <laughs> so Romero himself said the ghouls, the quote-unquote ghouls, were inspired by I Am Legend which is another of my huge favorites as a book. That that book is like a heavy metal album got written into existence. That it is such a cool book. I've I've I know everything about that book and yet I've been telling people it's from the Haitian mythology, not the actual source. And it wasn't until um Dawn of the Dead that they were explicitly called zombies. So like <laughs> uh, it this probably doesn't matter to non-nerds who don't give a damn about zombies, but like for some people zombies and like watching the walking dead is their life so like this to me is like saying you've been you've been spreading lies your whole life congratulations for you know telling everybody the wrong thing well i got two short ones here um you know the the term uh 420 for smoking weed oh yeah synonymous with yeah 420 we do this well it was originated that they said it was from the los angeles police penal code for for busting people for smoking weed that's where it actually came from but it turned out that in 1971 in in california san rafael high school a bunch of potheads would go out at 420 <laughs> and smoke so those very famous stoners in 1971 ahead of their time um, started that phrase 420 from one little high school huh that i mean like Okay, so have you ever played the game where like you and your friends try to coin a new term and get it like to to attach to the language? Like you you think to yourself, you know, uh, high fives had to come from somewhere. The word four twenty had to come from somewhere. Right. Like why don't we invent one? Cool's another one. Yeah. Cool's been around for a long time. It's it's four twenty is one where like it shouldn't have caught on. Like that is such an inside niche bit of information. Like this is the time we go smoke. That that should have died on the vine as far as language is concerned because it doesn't say anything. It, it yeah. Or or time changes or yeah, but it, it's 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 hung in there. It's doing better than ever, right? Right. <laughs> How is it that like something awesome like a phrase like electric lettuce didn't work or didn't stick that well? And four twenty has that that makes me upset slightly, but still good information. <laughs> um, the singer Phil Collins of the group Genesis. You know who he is. Oh yeah. In the air tonight. Well, there was hit in the air tonight. It was a 1981 hit, and he said that he he had watched someone drowning, um, and he confronted someone in the audience because they let it happen. Right? He confronted someone who watched someone die. Holy shit! Is that real? And this has been a. Uh, it's not. Oh, that's the myth. Okay, <laughs> there is no truth to it. What he was talking about in this song was not about uh, vengeance or. It was about um, his heartache, his pain. He had a very messy, very expensive. At the time, it was the most 
um, the biggest divorce uh, <laughs> settlement <laughs> of all time. <laughs> and so, and I guess his, I, and it's funny, I did some research on this. Um, the album that was his number one selling album was called No Jacket Required. And all the songs that made his career came out of the pain of that divorce. And a lot of the songs were aimed at trying to get his wife back. I thought that was very romantic. Now, I don't know if he wanted her back for the money or because he loved her or both, but I'm guessing it's for both. Huh. That, I have heard other musicians reveal when their album was just all about trying to make up with their significant other. Like, I, I recently listened to an episode of Song Exploder where they were like, Imagine Dragons, like this song that was very deep. It was it was just a letter of, you know, uh, reconciling with his wife. So that doesn't surprise me. But it it does make sense why such a dramatic... I mean, like, that's... When I said that, it's not because I read the list. It's because I was like, In the Air is... Or In the Air Tonight is the only song I know right off the top of my head. It's heavy. It's yeah. It's a heavy, you know, dark <laughs> I can see why you'd want to, like, invent a mythology to make it, you know, to to justify having such a heavy song in your album. Um. So was that your number... That was your number six? I know. I I I cheated. I I worked a couple in there. Those are half ones. Those ones don't count okay. as full ones. I'm gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna have to go and add in um cheesy countdown like number top ten countdown sound effects. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do um. Let's see. We'll do a couple more of these, and then we'll save our numbers five through one for for the next episode. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh. A couple of legal ones, because I think they're very important. I, I wanted these to come out first because they honestly could save a life. Um, so one of them is you have to wait 24 hours before filing a missing persons report. It is not true. Um, really? Yeah. I watch all those I watch all those murder documentaries. I could swear that was the truth. And literally the cops will tell you that. There are cases. Um, I, I've, I've read about court cases for my um, PI exam thing where like cops have told people come back after a day and and it is not true most counties don't have that most police precincts don't have that in the books they the the general rule of thumb is um where where there is evidence of violence or unusual behavior you can start investigation promptly um the but but isn't that the most valuable time is the first 24 hours i mean it is yeah um because that's where there's the most clues, the most it's fresh in people's minds, what they saw or who came into their store. People are still in transit. To them, what was said. You forget. Yeah. You forget what our conversation, we'll, we'll forget this conversation tomorrow, you and me, Joe. Right, exactly. So in the first 24 hours, you can get people, you know, accurate information. You, uh, you can find people while they're fleeing. Like you can, you can track down a car while it's still on the road. Um, so uh, there is, a Britain is different, apparently. Um, you know, the, the British government now advises you don't have to wait 24 hours and criminologists generally according to this list say that 72 hours is the most critical in finding a missing person so yeah do not wait you, you don't have to sit on your hands for 24 hours um and if you got to do two two quick ones my second half of this is another um legal one which is um in those same murder documentaries and you know criminal justice shows and like law and order and things like that Whenever somebody isn't read their Miranda rights properly, like when, when, you know, like did, you know, 
the the lawyers like did the cop read him his rights and and if they didn't they throw the case out the dramatically the judge is like well we can't try you i can't do anything yeah yeah my hands are tied <laughs> exactly and the prosecutor is mad and throws a briefcase across the room that's all bullshit um apparently if you aren't read your Miranda rights, it just means that anything you said during your interrogation is admissible. So, like, if they didn't read you your rights, anything you said can basically just be like, well, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to talk or that I had the option not to or that I had the, you know, I could get a lawyer. So it's just the interrogation. All the other evidence, you know, you leaving the knife at the murder scene, the tire, the skid marks, the shovel, the lime, uh, the the burial hole... All that's still very good evidence against you. The Miranda rights don't matter. I'm speaking you directly, Todd. All that evidence we left, um, we're not going to get <laughs> it thrown out because that. of the rights, the, the Miranda rights. Yeah. That's when you know. That's when you know you have a good friend when they help you bury the body. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I got one. I, I got into some religious one, and I'm down to s- seven and six, and then I'm now. This is from the religion of Islam. Okay. The Quran. Does not promise uh, martyrs seventy-two virgins in heaven. It doesn't. Really? It does mention virgin female companions to all people who margin, but there is no number specified. Huh? What? Didn't you think that was a true thing? We hear that all the time. Like, well, I might do something crazy for that, for those seventy-two virgins. That sounds great, right? <laughs> Robin Williams with his joke about 72 Virginians like like that I I mean I know that's been such a myth for so long that I assumed it must be right and hearing that comedy bit turned it into correctness in my mind but yeah that's that's wild the fact that you mentioned uh, Robin Williams I, I brought this up to you the other day um, we just see him as this just natural gifted funny guy he was trained at the very exclusive, um, one of the best art schools in the world, Juilliard. Right. That surprised me, Joe. He doesn't. He just seems like the you know <laughs> a natural. <laughs> he seemed like a guy you would work with that was so funny. Somebody just told him one day, "Hey, you got to start doing this on stage." Like it. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of. I mean, we've we've talked about that. That can be a myth of itself. Uh, a misconception for this episode. You and I have talked about how many, like, the surprising amount of people who went to Juilliard, and we give them the credit for being just naturally a genius and naturally that good. And ter- come to find out, they are trained at the best school on earth for it. I think that'd be a great episode. Yeah. that's the, Yeah, that would be a really good one. Um, was that your, your sixth one? That's my seventh. I got one more. Do you want to go, then I go? Okay, we'll, we'll do our last two. Um, mine's a pretty minor one. It's back into, um, extremely, uh, you know, niche, you know, science territory. Um, when a meteor spacecraft enters the atmosphere, the heat of the entry is not caused by friction. I have thought my whole life that at high speeds, air becomes sandpaper and that it will burn up a right. spaceship, like like in movies, like like in, in yeah. Deep you Impact and to... Armageddon, when stuff's falling through the atmosphere, it's catching fire. They literally say it's because of the friction of going through the atmosphere, and you know the, the air is basically sandpapering it until it's hot like a welder. Um, it's not true. It's uh, by the, oh, I'm going to butcher this word, uh, adiabatic compression of air. It's just air compression. It's the compression of air in front of the object, at high speed is causing the heat, which 
I'm going to have to read more about that because that bends my mind. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know why that one stuck out to me. I don't know why I'm even ending on that one. We, I should have ended on something motivational, like like what we talked about with Juilliard. But <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Just end of the world. You've been studying. You're, you're working on something, um, end of the world podcast, end of the world stories, aren't you, Joe? I am, yeah. I'm, I'm slowly so collecting up an archive of apocalypse stories that I want to break down. But yeah. yeah. So that's, that's in your subconscious things falling through the you know what i mean it, it ties in I, I get you that's true i got you <laughs> i speak i speak two languages fluently i speak english and i speak joe <laughs> i appreciate joe that Anthony. you're the only one by the way <laughs> it took me it took me five years to <laughs> to be to be conversational in joe anthony that's um that's a skill nobody else learns so you you <laughs> So what's what's your last one? So Save us from my nerdiness. Drum roll. Yeah. We're staying in religion. This is a shocking one. Drum roll, everybody. Judaism. Um, they often show, what is, the, what is the fruit? I'll ask you this. You'll tell me. What is the fruit in the Garden of Eden? Uh, apples. That, that eat. That's not true. Um, the forbidden fruit mentioned in the book of Genesis is never identified as an apple. And it's, it's depicted that way in Western art. Jewish scholars suggest that it probably was either grape, fig, or wheat. That, what? <laughs> like, our, okay. The original Hebrew text only mentioned tree and fruit. There's no apple. The apple is just, it's like a hallmark thing, right? <laughs> I am, I'm mad at you for ruining that one because that's not dramatic enough for me. Like, like. A grape eating the the forbidden grape isn't dramatic. That is like a that is a sad or slide wheat, whistle. Right? Yeah, <laughs> chewing on some wheat and apples juicy. It kind of tastes like sin and sex, right? But <laughs> wheat, wheat's really dry. It's like an oyster cracker, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah, there's no snake that's like here. Uh, chew on this wheat for a while while I whisper to you all the the secrets you're not supposed to know. And that, by the way, that changes all of our our um symbolism like it, apples have sort of like this high shelf they sit on for like storytelling like you know the the apple on the cover of the twilight series and you know apples in poetry and milton's paradise lost and stuff you've you've just destroyed all that by being like here's a handful of wheat and some grapes like let's go ahead eat it we don't care anymore <laughs> Well, that's <laughs> that's gonna do it for our, our, our first part of um, common myths we are busting, and this is more just uh, I'm afraid to say it. People who probably aren't shocked by this are just quietly listening to you and I prove that we are in fact boobs and uh, that we are just <laughs> easily gullible by by these common myths. Hopefully, that's not the case. We just believe everything people tell us. Exactly. Don't we? Just, <laughs> we just take it. We just accept it. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> You've been listening to The Reengineered You. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You mean the world to us. We have a new episode every week. You can connect with us at www.re-engineeredyou.com. That's where we have show notes, links, blog articles, and apparently you can read uh, myths that we have busted that we actually know about instead of these ones. <laughs> We're not experts in anything, but we've got an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm.